thyroiditis and hypothyroidism, myocarditis, pericarditis, myositis. Just a whole heck of a lot of itis. Arthritis, hepatitis, pancreatitis, etc. And what you just heard is our very own AI, Andrew, spouting off just a smattering of the hundreds of documented adverse events, the health problems from the COVID-19 vaccines that are documented in the Pfizer document itself. Itis means inflammation with its fever, pain, swelling, and redness. Cal or dolor, tumor, rubor. Welcome back to the Douglas Update on Integrative Medicine. I'm Dr. William Campbell Douglas. This is episode number six. And we're continuing with the signs of these medical fascism times. Again, that's the interconnectedness of our own government agencies with big pharma and the rest of the healthcare industry. It's the medical industrial complex and the fraud, corruption, and cover-ups that have surfaced during the COVID-19 crisis. And it's done a real number on the practice of ideal medicine, integrative medicine. That is, your freedom to choose with your doctor from the best of all medical disciplines, as long as they are safe and effective. And real quick, if you have been injured by the COVID-19 vaccines and haven't yet found sufficient relief, by all means, consider exploring the organization's FLCCC at COVID19CriticalCare.com and also the organization React19.org. Both of these are really amazing organizations. From React19 website, they're helping anyone facing life-altering side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine. They're bringing the right medical teams together with patients, and they're building bridges between patients and research institutions to develop a better understanding of the vaccine complications. They provide direct financial assistance too. And for fellow nerds out there, they also have a really great section on their website with over 1,250 published studies and case reports that address the adverse events from these shots. The same adverse events we're talking about here on TDU, react19.org and covid19criticalcare.com. Check them out. Now, from the last two episodes, it sure looks like the medical fascists including our trusted authorities and experts at Pfizer and the FDA, first tried to cover up the data on the adverse events, the damages from the vaccines, these messenger RNA shots. And they're even using medical fascism itself, the connectedness, as their defense against the allegations of fraud. Remember whistleblower Brooke Jackson, who reported to the court that Pfizer falsified, allegedly falsified, the data and that they ignored or minimized the damages that were being observed during the trials on these vaccines? And do you remember Pfizer's excuse to the judge? Well, judge, the government was in on it too. So that makes it okay. I mean, how gross is that? Basically using medical fascism as their defense for committing the treacheries, if not crimes, of medical fascism itself. Oops, again, I mean the alleged treacheries and crimes. This case is still in court, but sure looks like fraud, corruption, and cover-ups to me. 
Signs of the Times. None of the contents of TDU podcasts constitute medical or professional advice, and no person listening should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content of this podcast without first seeking appropriate professional advice from a qualified healthcare professional. Okay, now let's dive in and address the specific adverse events from the inoculations head on. Yeah, there's over 1,000 named in the Pfizer document. They're listed one after another in really small print on a total of nine pages. You'll also recall from previous episodes that we can credit and thank the organization Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. That's the organization that won the lawsuit against the FDA and Pfizer so that we can now see and analyze this Pfizer data, this trial data that they tried to cover up, and literally the hundreds of health problems caused by the shots. And what they don't show? We don't know. But now we do know. And is it any wonder that Pfizer and the FDA asked District Court Judge Mark Pittman to delay the release of those documents for 75 years? Remember that? You can see the Pfizer document right now if you want. The title is the cumulative analysis of post-authorization adverse event reports. And remember, I think it's the appendix in the cumulative analysis that's especially important. That's where you'll find the long, very long list of adverse events of special interest. They're called adverse events of special interest, indeed. Also, check out our blog page called For Your Integration where I posted the document titled Adverse Events from Pfizer Vaccine Categorized by Systems Affected and the Associated Autoantibodies. These autoantibodies are the ones that your body makes in response to the toxic spike protein that's generated from the messenger RNA in the shots. There's also a link to the cumulative analysis, the Pfizer document, or just go straight to the Professionals for Transparency website to find it at phmpt.org. And if you take a look at this document, you'll notice a particularly bold word that just screams out at us. Yeah, it's the word CONFIDENTIAL in capital letters at the bottom of each of the nine pages of these health problems. I mean, clearly the document was meant to be for Pfizer and FDA eyes only. That's the way it looks to me anyway. And yet this Pfizer document, this CONFIDENTIAL Pfizer document, lists so many health problems from these genetic shots. Okay, let's dive a little deeper into this matter. First, I gotta say that my perspective is just one of around 200,000 or so rank and file primary care doctors here in the US. And so my point of view is just one point of view based on the information I get from my own resources and based on my own clinical experience with a panel of around 2,000 patients or so. And I tell you, I really do have substantial numbers of patients with new health problems after they've had one or more doses of these shots, especially after the second or third, seems like. You can simply call me a liar or a disinformation doc and choose not to believe the information we're presenting to you here on TDU, but you can't deny my own clinical experience, what I'm observing, just like I can't deny your experience or anyone else's. It's signal detection and pattern recognition of those clinical signs. That's a huge part of practicing medicine, empirical medicine. Any rank and file doc will tell you that. 
And please always remember, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna, these aren't really vaccines in the traditional sense. Dr. Robert Malone astutely calls them inoculations of messenger RNA. They're just labeled as vaccines, and that's 100% accurate. They're genetic vaccines, not like DPT or MMR and all the others, which are injections of inactive or attenuated virus particles. No. Instead, these shots are an entirely different product, a novel technology. They've never been used as vaccines before. Never, ever, ever. These are literally shots of genetic material, messenger RNA. So in the truest sense, these really are genetic interventions, not vaccines, okay? Confidential. Yeah, so getting back to my own panel of patients, my own experience, so far I've had one patient with heart failure in his late 40s, myocarditis, and he's now on the heart transplant list. That was after his second Moderna injection. And back in June, another one of my patients developed lymphoma, B-cell lymphoma. She noticed a mass on her neck growing in size, 56 years old. The neck mass started two months after her second Moderna shot. Now she's had the mass surgically debulked and she's on chemotherapy. Yeah, new onset B-cell lymphoma. Or maybe she had the lymphoma in a quiescent state and with the immune suppression from the vaccines, it flared. No way to know. Coincidence. I have three patients who have what's called postural tachycardia syndrome after two or three of the Pfizer inoculations. POT syndrome, we call it. That's where the blood pools in the veins when standing. Central blood pressure then drops and then the heart starts racing. Another patient developed severe tinnitus, tinnitus, ringing in the ears after his second Pfizer shot. I have a patient who is now amenorrheic after her third inoculation of the Moderna and now still no periods for her after nine months. That could be onset of menopause. She's 32 years old and had regular periods before the shot. Another patient has new onset asthma-like symptoms, reactive airway disease, after the second Pfizer shot. Pollen season, dummy. A couple months ago, a patient told me he developed a loss of taste and smell after his second Pfizer jab and no history of actual COVID-19 infection. He asked me if I thought it might be related to the jabs since it started a few weeks after the second jab. Sure. The COVID spike protein can damage the olfactory nerves, whether it's from the infection or whether your own cells are making the spike protein from the injected genetic material, messenger RNA. Look at the adverse events document on our website and you'll find that agusia and anosmia, loss of sense of smell and taste, are indeed listed as problems in the Pfizer document. A 67-year-old female patient of mine had four of the Pfizer shots. She developed shingles for the second time in her life, this time on her face. This was about three months after the fourth shot. I treated her with an antiviral medication and then about three weeks later, it returned. Now this is highly unusual for shingles to return so quickly. And again, check out our adverse events document and sure enough, shingles reactivation is listed in the Pfizer document as a problem from the vaccines, along with around 10 other descriptions of shingles. And I have a young commercial airline pilot 
or one of the major airlines, she's now suffering from severe eczema and food allergies that started within one week of the second Moderna vaccine. And now she can only eat a select number of foods where she gets diarrhea and severe abdominal bloating and cramping. Her face and arms are covered with a scaly eczematous rash. She's constantly scratching them. And the dermatologist at a well-known hospital system in Jacksonville told her the timing in relation to the second shot is just coincidental. Maybe she has chronic poison ivy now and chronic food poisoning. But all of these patients know better in their hearts. They're not stupid. Remember to check out realnotrare.com. And how about the paralysis and seizures that have been documented within weeks of the shots? Have you seen those? The Pfizer document lists over 20 different types of seizures observed from these genetic shots. Again, check out the adverse events document on our website. The seizures are all categorized in the neurology section of that document. Also see the blog post and video on our website called COVID-19 vaccine injuries from around the world. I tell you, if that hour and a half of examples isn't a dose of the red pill for you, then probably nothing is. And on and on we can go. In June, one of my patients developed a bone infarction, death of the bone tissue of the distal femur after getting the vaccine, Moderna or Pfizer, I don't remember which. A 65-year-old diabetic female. I've never seen that in 32 years of practice that I know of. Is it just a coincidence? Or is it from vaccine-related clotting thrombosis to the arterial blood supply to the bone? Again, see our adverse events document. You'll see that Pfizer found clots forming in the pelvis, the penis, the jugular veins, the spinal artery, the sagittal sinus of the brain, and the list goes on. But no, we're told it's all unknown causes of these diseases and deaths. Let's just call it not the vaccine disease, NTV disease, right? It's like the food industry, government, and media's unwillingness to admit and proclaim that sugar and high fructose corn syrup are the primary cause of the obesity epidemic we have and metabolic syndrome X with the diabetes and with so many other problems. Nah, can't be sugar. And with not the vaccine disease, another diabetic patient of mine said, hey doc, it seems like it's harder to control my blood sugar ever since my second Pfizer shot. That patient asked me, is that possible that it's the result of the COVID-19 vaccine? That's easy. He got a bad vial of insulin. Sure it's possible. And you'll learn more of the details as to why in an upcoming update. It's called autoimmunity, resulting from what's called autoantibodies that your body makes as a result of the spike protein that's created by your own cells from the messenger RNA that's been injected into your arm or your kid's arm, okay? And sure enough, go to the adverse events document on douglasupdate.com and you'll find that Pfizer listed anti-insulin, anti-islet cell, and anti-insulin receptor autoantibodies as adverse events from these shots. Don't believe me, go straight to the Pfizer document if you want. And no wonder there's so many adverse events that were intended to remain confidential. We're injecting the genetic template, the molecular formula the messenger RNA genetic formula that codes for the same toxic protein that makes us sick from the COVID-19 virus in the first place. That's the spike protein. More people need to understand this. 
Heck, amongst the doctors who have the courage to even talk about it, we now even have the new medical term for the cause of the problems. We're calling it spikeopathy to describe the etiology, the cause of this remarkable increase in the number of diseases that we're now seeing in clinical practice. To me, it seems that it's the likely cause of the increased all-cause mortality as well. Yeah, spikeopathy is the pathological basis for these adverse events, yet few doctors will talk about it. Yet when you review these adverse events in the Pfizer document, it's like a compendium, an expansive, and I say a rather hideous compendium of human pathology, really. I'm serious. I'd ask any medical student at this point, do you want to review pathology? Then review our adverse events document and this Pfizer document. And again, all the diseases listed are caused by your own body's own production of the spike protein itself. And we've never had any vaccine like this. You can call it a vaccine. You can even redefine the word vaccine so that the definition includes this technology. But no matter what you call it, it will still always be an injection of genetic material, messenger RNA, that codes for the pathological protein itself, spike protein. I can't emphasize this enough. Latent autoimmune diabetes, acute myocardial infarction, cardiac arrest, cardiogenic shock, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, and autoimmune inner ear disease. Anyone with tinnitus and loss of hearing? Confidential. What don't you understand about the word confidential? Ovarian vein thrombosis, asthma, and cough variant asthma, agusia, and anosmia. You mean you can no longer smell the roses? Or taste the Chardonnay? And now your skin itches? Dermatitis, dermatomyositis, ulcerative colitis, and thrombotic microangiopathy. That last one essentially means clots anywhere, even in the smallest of arteries and veins. And again and again, think we're not mass-formed and controlled by the media. I heard it called group synthesis. And hey, CNN, ABC, any of you mainstream networks, where are you with this information when we need it most? Where are your reports of this mind-blowing news about the FDA and Pfizer cover-ups? And all these health problems, these pathologies, from these injections of genetic material. Here's another rhetorical question, like from last week's update. How about even Aaron Burnett? Come on, Aaron, please show what we need to know. Friday night on Aaron Burnett Out Front, brought to you by Pfizer. Alrighty then, and who wouldn't expect the truth straight from the mouth of seasoned Democrat advisor George Stephanopoulos on ABC? This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. Enough said and enough not said by the legacy media already. Hey, I hope you'll check out react19.org and FLCCC websites and join me next week for another episode of TDU when we'll look at the adverse events from the genetic vaccines from the perspective of VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System and SADS, the brand new and supposedly mysterious health problem called Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. Just a coincidence. Move right along.
Shall we simply continue to see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, while the elephant just keeps on grunting and snorting and pooping and peeing right in the middle of our living rooms? Are you sticking to the narrative that it's not the vaccine, the NTV disease? And there's multiple sclerosis, encephalitis, and encephalopathy, neuropathy, retinopathy, uveitis, and nephritis. That's inflammation of the kidneys. Oh, go on, you blubbering idiot. James, where is my cigar? Myocarditis seems to be getting some attention, but sudden adult death syndrome is to remain a mystery, according to the consensus. But what about aplastic and hemolytic anemia, lymphoproliferative syndrome, pancytopenia, including neutropenia, cholangitis, colitis, and enteropathy? That means damage to the intestines. And you'll see. Hey, fellow integrators, do you want to receive a very brief e-newsletter? It's a golden integrative medicine nugget that encapsulates the essence of each TDU episode. Just go to douglasupdate.com and click subscribe. Always remember that if the Douglas Update is censored and we're canceled by Apple, Spotify, or Overcast, or YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, you can always find us at douglasupdate.com and on Reddit. And then, very soon thereafter, we will launch on free speech platforms like Getcher, Daily Motion, D2, Parlor, MeWe, and Minds.